the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. As we head into Hour 3, it is a delight to bring back in studio my dear friend Sam Stone. He's a political consultant in town. He is also the host of his own radio show, heard here every Saturday at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds, and has one of the most uh, interesting, fun, and smart Twitter feeds. Uh, is it X feeds now or Twitter feeds? But you know what I'm talking. For about. now, it's what? still Twitter it's feeds. Still Twitter. I, I, you know that rebranding I don't get at all. It because, looks terrible when you have open tabs. Well, but also Twitter has a real brand. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. It, it, I get it if you're changing something that nobody care. You know, yeah. has not built its own brand. Yeah. Twitter has reached the point of popular consciousness yeah. branding where we talk about tweets yeah. and everyone knows what you mean. And It's kind of an upbeat word tweet where X sounds yeah. a little dark and it looks dark, by the way, on the yeah, open tabs. I, I, I think this is one of those – new Coke to Coke. Yeah. You're dealing with someone in Elon Musk who is clearly very brilliant. Yeah. And sometimes, as, as we all know, the most brilliant people have a lot of great ideas. Yeah. And they're, they're very comfortable with running with every new great yeah. idea. And then it turns out some of them aren't actually such great ideas. Um, and I think that's what this is. Yeah. And I, I think it's a huge mistake. I think the bird made a lot of sense. Yeah. I think tweet made a lot yeah. of sense. Twitter. Um, I thought that was – if you could say one really good thing about the previous management of that company, yeah. it was the branding yeah. of their product. I agree. I agree. I, and, and I just get lost with it on my open tabs. I, it's yeah. Just, no, it's, I, it's, I get it, lost with it. Well, maybe it is the new Coke. They said of Newt Gingrich once uh, when he was Speaker of the House, they said he has 100 ideas a day. Five of them are really good, and it's just a challenge to figure out which five they are. You know, I, I could have, be Elon. I have one of my very good friends who's like that, yeah. right? I mean, he's really one of the most brilliant yeah. guys I know, this guy, Tim. Yeah. Um, he He's absolutely brilliant. He comes up with a handful of genius political plays every year, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the trick is that you have to separate those out from the rest, which are <laughs> which which are just not going to fly. Yeah. And uh, you know, God loves him. I love him. Yeah. He's a he's a wonderful person. Good. But when you run into those type of folks, they're enthusiastic about every yeah. idea. Yeah. And it's actually it's really tough just from a friend's perspective. Yeah, you got to be like, hey, I'm going to pull bit. you back yeah, on yeah, this thing. Yeah. And imagine how much tougher that is if you're a Twitter executive yeah, yeah. who's who's got to be feeling like you're on thin ice every day with Elon Musk yeah. anyway, since he's fired <laughs> like everybody you knew. Um, you know, so I I do think there's an element there where, and, and frankly, I mean to to make this a little bit more serious discussion, sure. I think this is one of the big issues um, for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm is I don't believe Trump has, other than maybe a couple of his family members, I don't believe he has friends around him who truly are allowed to and can challenge him on his ideas and where he you know, takes the time to really consider whether they might be right and he might be wrong. I think that's maybe his biggest weakness, and it's one that's shared by a lot of politicians. Sure. This is not unique by any measure. Right. 
So, you know, folks, if you're getting mad at me right now because, oh, he's not saying nice things about Trump, I tend to be a little too honest sometimes. Um, but also look at look at every candidate's faults, look at their strengths, and let's be honest about it because that's important when it comes down to November and that's important when it comes to how they handle the office. And I, I just don't get the sense there's that for Elon it's been said, and I don't know, but it's been said that there's a little of that with Ron DeSantis too, by the way. There absolutely is a lot He has a lot, a of, lot of smart people around him, but he always thinks he's the smartest in the room. Yeah, That's what's been said. One of the problems, I think, with, with uh, Ron DeSantis is that the only person – and this is where I say with Trump, he has a couple of family members for DeSantis. It's Casey DeSantis. Um, Family members are great, and you do want honest family members around you. I, I would imagine Jared Kushner is probably pretty straight with Donald Trump, and I, I get the sense that Don Jr. is too, you know, behind closed doors, very straight with him. But family members are never going to have a totally unbiased view. That's right. Right? Yep. Um, and with Casey DeSantis, that's, look, she very much loves her husband. They're, they're, clear, they're a wonderful couple. Let's stop the attacks on her. That's just silly and wrong. Right. Um, they're a wonderful couple, a loving couple. That doesn't breed the greatest honesty outside of your relationship. Yeah. No, it, it's because, because you don't want your political advisor to be the same person you have, yeah, to, you, you have, have to have the other dynamics of a right. relationship well, with. You have to support each other in a marriage, right? right. And, or in a family, you have to support each other. Um, and there's a very unconditional element to that, which is kind of the exact opposite of what you want in your – whether it's policy advice, whether it's campaign advice, any of these type of things – you want people who challenge you, um, frankly, who make you mad, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pretty regularly, who yep. push back hard at times. If when you find someone who does that very effectively, and Reagan was a guy, by the way, who loved that. Yeah, I think I've told the story on air about my father and Reagan who got to know each other. My father at the time was uh, a bigwig in the California Democratic Party chair at one point of the, the California Democratic Party. He went to meet Reagan right after Reagan became governor. And they got into – it was about 3.30. As he always tells the story, it's about 3.30 or 4 when he got to Reagan's office. And they get into a 90-minute knockdown drag-out brawl, right? Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of it, Reagan slams his hands down on his desk and says, that was the best argument I've had in months. Let's go get steaks and scotch. I like that. I you like know? that. And um, I, I think, boy, we need more of that. Yeah, the two best uh, bosses I've had in politics, one was very much encouraging of that and had a round table of 10 every morning and gave us his thoughts and then said, but you – yeah, just invited argument and invited disagreement. Other sign of a great political candidate I worked for once, this was an interesting one and I've never really seen it before. There was a very tough primary race going on in Iowa and there were some pretty serious rumors about one of the candidate's family members that would have collapsed that campaign. And it was the kind of thing that was flying around a little bit here and there. And he got the entire staff or senior staff on the phone and he said, uh, I'm aware of these rumors. If I hear anyone on this team perpetuating them, repeating them, spreading them or feeding them, you're gone. I just that I something about that I just you know profiles no, that, encourage when he well, said we're not winning that way. You, you actually got me tight in my throat Good. telling me that story, Good. Seth. And it and, was Rick Santorum, by the way, who said that. You know what? And that doesn't surprise me because I've met Rick Santorum, and yeah. um, for all the criticism that he's taken from so many people, yeah. uh, Rick Santorum in in person 
is one of the most genuine human beings totally I've genuine. ever met. Yeah. Um, and just a, a wonderfully decent human. And so that doesn't surprise me, and it, it heartens me to hear that. And yeah. I wish we had more of that going yeah. on right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Between the top two. Yeah. Right now. Uh, Sam, there's, gosh, so much to talk about this week. Wait, we came in here on a day when there is no lack of material, <laughs> no Seth. Like, we're, we're sitting here just kind of falafeling behind the microphone. Speaking of falafel, Are we falafeling? Okay. We'll get to that in a all minute, right, too. But, right. I mean, you know, I, I was about to say a word that you, I would get beeped out of this program for. So, uh-huh. um, you know, we're futzing around here futzing on air. Around. Okay. And, uh, but, but there is a ton going on, and I really liked your monologue oh, well, today. Thanks. thanks. Um, we'll, we'll circle back to it in a sec if you if you want. But two legal issues, two legal cases, kind of interesting, intersecting in their own ways too. I'd love for you to expand on them. One is the Sam Bankman Freed, and one is obviously the collapse of the agreement or the plea agreement with Hunter Biden. There's there's an interesting thing going on with both of those situations, isn't there? Yeah, really interesting. And and actually, so I really felt. In listening to your monologue, it ties deeply to both of those situations. So when you're talking about illusion and seeing the world we live in clearly, these cases are really, really sort of avatars for the problem we have today. And and I've been going around talking to Republicans around the state as everyone's starting to gear up for this next election. And one of the things I hear all the time is, well, you know, I have so-and-so. He's my neighbor. He's an independent. He or she, they're very reasonable, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're patriotic. They're Americans. And yet when I start talking to them about X, Y, or Z, they just shut me off. They just, you know, boom, door closes. I can't go anywhere. These cases, both the Hunter Biden plea blow up and the Sam Bankman freed uh, – Boy, I, I almost – I mean, it's just – Kerfuffle? Kerfluffle. I don't know. Scandal? I mean, scandal. It, the problem is it's just so gross what they're it's doing so with him. It's gross. It's gross. Let's um, pick up with it on the other side. Yeah. All right. We'll plumb our thesauruses while we're on the break. Yeah, I'm, I'm needing some more words yeah, for this, we'll I think. That. All right. Sam Stone is my guest. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Those are the dulcet uh, sounds of my friends Thano and Dimitri Sanas playing Never on a Sunday. And the reason we played that is Sam and I are going to talk a little bit about Greek food in a little bit coming up. But let's stay on the Greek issue of politics. All politics emanates from the Greeks, ancient Greeks. So let's stay with this on, on this issue of allu- somewhat of the illusions surrounding the the Biden and the Sam Bankman Freed stories and and the talking to independents. This yeah, was really interesting. I, I think I think this Sam Bankman Freed one is particularly dangerous in a certain way um, because first they're trying to create the illusion that he wasn't stealing from his clients and laundering that money to Democrat campaigns and that by doing so, he's apparently going to get away essentially scot-free. Um, but secondly, and maybe it's not an illusion and maybe that's worse, but it creates the illusion that if you have the right politics and you're a big donor, then there are no limits. Right. There's no campaign finance law that matters. There's no sort of boundaries that matter anymore. As long as you're donating to the right people in the right places with the right powers – they will excuse any of it. I mean, you're talking about in the last cycle, the second biggest Democrat donor behind the Soros family. Right. 
Um, and so, you know, there's no question Sam Bankman-Fried put his thumb on the scale of numerous races in this past election and did it with money that he was getting illegally. And yet if you told that story, if you went to the average American and said, let me tell you what the Democrats are doing. They've got this mega donor who stole billions of dollars from people and not just from the wealthy at all. I mean, a lot of these cryptocurrencies, a lot of it was people with very small amounts of money who were, were hoping and dreaming. Um, he stole their money. He laundered it to give it to Democrats uh, or by giving it to Democrats. And that's OK. Right. But if you told that story to the, the average American, they're like, wait, what are you talking about? I've never heard about any of this. They've never Sam heard about any of it. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, there was a graphic I saw, I think, from InfoBusters or whoever it was the other day. But there have been literally uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of hours, full days worth of coverage of Donald Trump's yeah. charges on all the major networks, CNN, MSNBC, so forth and so on. There have been zero minutes of coverage of the Hunter Biden laptop and all that's gone down. Zero. So I've had this discussion with some very reasonable people where I say, you know, wait a minute. You want to say that the stuff Trump's doing is wrong. The stuff that the Biden family is doing is far worse. It's not even a question. And and they're like, what are you talking about? They have no idea that this even exists. And what I thought was really interesting today is maybe there's a broken illusion here. You, I know. I don't know if you saw uh, last night. Uh, Catherine Herridge uh-huh. led off CBS uh-huh. News uh-huh. with with the story about Hunter Biden. This may blow that open and force coverage. They may not want to, but may that now they just may be in a position because it's entirely possible that this ends up now with Hunter Biden actually going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's a story you can't hide, right. no, you know. Right, um, and you can't keep saying he's a private person, right? Not and, when it ties I mean, up to you know, but when you have when you have people like Jen Psaki right. interviewing Claire McCaskill right. last night or today, I, I don't know if it was this morning or last night, whatever, it doesn't matter. But she's sitting there, Claire McCaskill, longtime U.S. senator, is literally sitting there saying, "Oh, this whole thing is just about Republicans targeting Joe Biden." Right. For his love of his it's son, impossible. It's impossible that they right. can sleep with themselves. I, I don't know. How I they mean, do it. They, but, but but that is the. But no. you look at this; it's the illusion they're creating. No. They and, and I believe now, Seth, that this is a product of the ideological bankruptcy of the Democrat Party and the left in general. Their policies have failed. They have no new ideas. Everything they're talking about from a policy perspective on the national level amounts to Republicans bad giving away money good. There's nothing else left for them. And so they have to have the illusion. And without the illusion, this is a very different country and one that is far more resistant to their ideology. Let's think about that independent voter that you're talking about, because one of the smartest things uh, I've ever heard you say, I've heard you say a lot of smarter things. One of the smartest was we're not normal. And we have to understand – I had a caller the other day. Love the guy. Great guy. But he called the other day, regular listener and caller to the show, and he said um, – I had a day off, so I was kind of tuning into C-SPAN 3, and I said, stop right there. Right. We're – I had a day off, and right. I was tuning into C-SPAN 3. Right. God love you. You are upholding the republic. You, you and 53 that, other people. Exactly right. Um, you can't assume too much else. And this notion of the bankruptcy of that party but creating the atmosphere 
that kind of dominates the tale or co- dominates the illusion, go back to that word, that we all kind of swim in and walk through and drive in because of that kind of Claire McCaskill kind of talk. Think of it this way, folks. Think of how hard your job – you listen to commercials. You listen to commercials. You watch commercials. Of course. Uh, how many times – does it take you to see or hear a commercial until you realize, oh, they're actually selling X? That, that, that's actually the product they're selling. I had a friend of mine in town who was listening to a commercial uh, for, for weeks, and he just loved the commercial. And I said to him one day as a test of this thesis hypothesis, I said, what's the commercial for? He goes, I have no idea. You you know, it takes a lot of repetition. The Democrats understand that. We don't. We think we hold one hearing, one press conference, and we're good. You guys go get them. No, they, that's, that is a huge difference between the approaches of the two parties. And it used to be – I mean, I first came up in advertising. Yep. So it used to be the axiom was like if you had an ad on TV, you needed someone to see it seven times before that ad would make it an effective impression. Mm-hmm. So uh, – but my sense – and I haven't seen updated data on this in 20 years – but my sense now over the last few election cycles is that number is much higher. Much higher. Because I, I it's w- more about the story than the product yeah, now, the right. way commercials are anyway. It right. is. Right. So um, I think that – I think if I had to guess right now, I'd say you need to make 20 to, to 30 impressions. Could be to actually get a message through. And yeah, this is a big difference between us and the Democrats. Look, one of the things, everyone wonders why both the Democrat Party, all their elected officials and their activists and the uh, media, the broad media, corporate media, are out there doing, you've seen those montage videos of them all saying the exact yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, look, the, the Center for American Policy mm-hmm. and Media Matters mm-hmm put out daily talking points to all of them. They issue their talking points. They issue their marching orders. And those sheets often are the same week after week after week. The talking points they're on don't change. Ours would be entirely different. If we had a group doing this, it would be entirely different every single day. They're like, oh, we've moved on. Now this is it today. Um, It's a huge weakness in misunderstanding our fellow Americans and how disconnected they are from politics on average. Um, But also it's a weakness for us. And I think it's a strength in policy. Like you need to be quick on your feet. I think it's one of the reasons Republicans are so much better at governing is Democrats are terrible at knowing how to move from thing to thing in governance. And we're good at it, but unfortunately, we don't get the p- point that you have to repeat these things. You have until to get people, elected to govern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to convince people yeah. that these ideas you have are actually going to work, and it takes more than saying it once. We'll come back to that because um, my buddy, young David over here, who is uh, such a gourmand, he wants you to expound a little bit on Greek food. Well, okay, so we'll can I that, can I talk about one place that I really like? It's really hold, traditional. Hold the thought. Next segment. Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Is that Thano and Dimitri as well? Yeah, I think so. Sounds like them. What, what is the instrument? Uh, it's a bazooki. Is it a, a bazooki? One's a guitar and one's a bazooki. Okay. I think so. I, well, I knew with the guitar, yeah. but the <laughs> other one. I was, <laughs> the guitar. Yeah. Thing, yeah. So, Sam, we have a saying around here um, that man doesn't live by politics alone. Sometimes he lives by bread, too. And, he, and if he's living smart, he's eating Greek food because it's delicious. We love Greek food. Talk so, to me. 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little solid for a restaurant that kind of got hosed by the city of Phoenix, okay. and it's it's really close here, uh, 20th Street and Camelback. Greek. Are you telling me the Greek Fest? Greek Fest. Love the Greek Fest the, and the owners. Oh yeah, my god! Oh my goodness! The nicest like, people in the oh, world. They're wonderful. The food. I'm so on board with this. The food is fantastic. I love these it's people. Super authentic. Yeah. Traditional. Good Americans. Yes, and they are wonderful yeah. people. The nicest people in the world. They their restaurant and their their business is tucked away behind a. Yep. Bank, yep. and it's hard to see from the road. People don't even know that right. Greek Fest is there, right. and it is such a fantastic, fantastic place. You really need to take the time to go find it and, and get to it. They had a request to put a sign out on the the corner yeah. so people could see it, and the city of Phoenix wouldn't allow it, really, um, because the sign would have been like six inches over their sign code to be uh-huh. able to fit at that location. It was ridiculous. They got completely hosed by the city of Phoenix. We fought from Sal's office to try to make that possible for them, and the city sign code was just they were they were so wrong about the whole thing. I love thing. the Greek Fest. I love the owners. They're, Such they're a great phenomenal. place. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Love it's them. a great place. And you know what? You just feel it feels right yeah. when you're in there. Yeah. It feels right. To step into the it in, is. into it, a different place. A different time and yeah. a different place. And I love that. My first job was as a waiter at a Greek restaurant. Oh, My really? first job in high school, it was. it's a restaurant that no longer is around. Uh, old timers will remember Demetrius Kitchen. It was on Indian School uh, over near the monastery. And uh, that's, in fact, uh, the the Saunas brothers, who you're, they, they used to play there as well. And, uh, gosh, I love Greek food. Saganaki, the flaming Kazarai cheese. Oh, the, the uh, all of the it. The flaming cheese. Yeah, the pita, Man, the warm pita. Oh, pita. oh, you can't beat yeah. that. Yeah. You can't. But we love the Greek that. fest. It's, we do. I haven't been there in too long. I have to go. That's one I, I go once every few months yeah. kind of thing. I try to make it, you know, make it. you and I go there one of these I'm in. days. Oh, believe me, I am in. L- little Retsina, little Uzo, yes. little Saganaki, some lamb. Little Saganaki, little, yeah. oh, boy. Now, Seth, I literally ate not very long ago, and so I'm we not hungry. But again? now, yeah, I'm salivating. Okay. I'm literally sitting here salivating, <laughs> spitting all over this microphone. I, I, I love those guys. Good, good food recommendation. So to take away back to the other part of Greek culture politics, Sam, the thing that we have to remember is you can't overstate it too many times. You can't assume your audience knows what you know. You just can't presume too much knowledge. You can't. In act- repetition is the essence of pedagogy. Actually, unless you're talking to someone who is a real hardcore Republican, right. I mean a four-by-four four voting Republican, they right. vote every time, are every time. I would start with the assumption they don't know anything right. at all about what right. you're talking about. And you better start by coming with receipts. Yeah. And you can't push the boundaries and say things that can't be proven by sources other than yeah. the, the far right, right. Right? right? Like I actually try when people challenge me on points I make on, on Twitter, X or whatever it is now. Whatever it is, um, I actually try to limit my my – when I'm providing doc, you know, proof and receipt back, I try to limit it to sources like the Wall Street Journal and the other major, yeah. you know, something someone has heard of. Right. Yeah, and and you can usually do that. I mean, if you you're actually speaking can. the truth, if you're speaking no, you, to you a can. Truth. Um, even the New York Times will cover things, and they put it on the back page, and no one reads it. And you know, the first four paragraphs will be fluff that's designed to cover what the story actually is but it'll still be there you know i mean so there's a lot of that now i gotta tell you i'm not eager i know people were talking today about um uh, uh, amazon boss bezos yeah. buying cnn 
um, no thank you. You took the Washington Post, which was a left-leaning but still good news organization. One of the best editorial pages. Yes, great editorial yeah, page. Almost as good as the Wall Street Journal. And you've turned it into absolute socialist it's garbage. Awful. It's, it's useless. It is where democracy goes to die. It is the darkness. Democracy died on their pages. Yeah, it yeah. is the darkness. Sam, when we come back, let's talk a little bit of uh, education wars. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Florida situation. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Sam Stone is my guest, host of Breaking Battlegrounds, heard here on this channel, every station, every Saturday. Saturday at 3 p.m. Political consultant. Follow him on Twitter at Sam the Paul, P-O-L. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I'm Seth. Sam Stone is my guest. He is the host of his own radio show, heard here every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds, and a political consultant in town. We try and do Thursdays together when um, when he's around. And, uh, Sam, the big story that's had a lot of ripples, and it's a testament a little bit of what you were saying about the Democrats. They just keep repeating the same thing over and over in regard to this story, and they create the narrative, aided and assisted by the New York Times and ABC and the rest. And that's these new history standards at the, that the, the, uh, the State Department of Education in Florida has put together and have been condemned as being apologists for slavery and showing the benefits of slavery. I had on one of the uh, contributors to those to those standards, uh, William Allen, Bill Allen, on the show uh, earlier in the week. We talked a lot about it, talked a lot about it with a few others. Uh, it's a scandal. Uh, of the that the Democrats are are saying what they're saying about those standards, but that is their go-to. They create the notion that we are racists. That is probably in that one pager every morning that they get. Don't and whatever else you say. Remember, the Republicans are racist. Um, I got to tell you, I was a little disappointed in Byron Donalds. <laughs> I mean, like the guy on so many levels, but he he joined in on um, on that condemnation. I don't know why he felt the need to do that. It wasn't helpful, and it wasn't helpful because it wasn't smart. But anyway, you know, say whatever I, you want. I, I actually think, and and I like and know Byron Donalds. We've had him on our program oh, a good. couple of times. Um, but I, he is very loyal to Donald Trump, and I think there's a tinge of that. Oh, was he using it as a yeah, wedge? Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's being used as okay. a wedge. You know, not, you bring, not, not defensible by the way. No, you bring this up literally. I I was tweeting this right before I came into the studio here this afternoon. You've got this guy Steve Peoples. He is the chief political reporter at the AP. Okay, his. Twitter or whatever it is now, bio, literally says the other side is not the enemy. Okay. Then this is the piece he put out today in regards to that. DeSantis is defending new slavery teachings. Oh, my good God. And he goes on to say it's more than black history. DeSantis has embraced far-right positions on race, perhaps more aggressively uh, than anyone in the GOP primary as he positions himself to the right of Trump, alienating voters on the right and left. Now, what was his bio again? His bio literally says the other side is not the enemy. So they can just say things without any meaning behind well, that, them. That's, what we're, that's yeah. exactly what this is. I mean, Another look, illusion. Are any teaching standards going to be perfect? Are any teaching standards going to be 100% true to history? No, because we don't even know 100% the truth of history, of any period in history. We come very close in the last couple hundred years, but really close, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades, kind of mm -hmm. close. Mm -hmm. Um but look, I mean, at this point, these are not hateful teachings. There's nothing in anything DeSantis has done. This is much like the, quote, don't say gay bill, mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. when they're all chomping on that bit, where it literally only says you can't teach 
sex ed, basically all of it, to kids in the third grade and under. So little children. I'm sorry, what the what on earth is controversial about not sexualizing children in the third grade, in the first grade, in kindergarten? There's nothing controversial about that. There was no controversy. There should have been no controversy that bill. But they all got out and said it to the point where I've had plenty of Republicans say, oh, I don't like DeSantis right. because of that. Right. He went too far. That's what they're coming after again. One of the lessons here, and I said this the other day, too, is that all these attacks on Donald Trump and, and a lot of folks in our party have bought into them. Right. I'm not I'm not like Trump's number one cheerleader. I tend to be very policy oriented. I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I'll pick apart anybody. You're a C-SPAN 3 on your day off yeah, kind exactly. of guy. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll watch C-SPAN 3 and then I'll pick apart everybody's platform. Right. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but all these attacks on him that even people in our own party are acting like are unique, like, oh, this is because of Trump himself, uh-huh. are forgetting the lesson and they're not seeing what's going on right now. The lesson of Mitt Romney. Right. Right. The most milquetoast Republican right. in the entire country. And he was, you know, sexist, racist, blah, 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 Bush, blah. Hitler? But yeah, Bush, Hitler. I mean, the funny part is that all the Bush circle of um, – neocons uh-huh. right now are all being lauded by the left yeah. no. like these people were hitler were called hitler yeah. by them and now Liz, they're actually Liz, being paid Liz by cheney them. is their hero right. all of a sudden yeah she used to be the daughter of darth vader the spawn of, right. of satan or something like that right yeah no yeah. i mean and so and, and by the way as a libertarian you know small l libertarian republican i've never been a fan of that crowd right 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 like that's one of the things that bothers me is if you're if you know, I wish Democrats would just be honest about their positions like you don't like Liz Cheney. You don't like Bill Chris. They don't like these people. They're just using them. Do and you the, remember making the money. response from the left when Ellen DeGeneres had the temerity to sit with George W. Yeah. Bush at a baseball game? Yeah. She had to defend it. Right. She had to defend it. So so all these attacks on Trump, they're, they're no different than what a DeSantis as the nominee would face. They're no different. Like they will literally throw these charges at Larry Elder and Vivek Ramaswamy, if they make it through, oh my gosh, they will ch- they will call them white nationalists. Right. They will call them the blackface of white supremacy. Right. I mean, there is no level to which they will not continue the playbook against any Republican that is in their way. Right. No matter what Republican they tell us, they kind of would like the Republican Party to support. You will go into that maw. I mean, my gosh, Mitt Romney, the the kind of Republican they tell us we should have more of was putting black people in chains again. Right. That's exactly right. And so, again, it's talk, It's going back to the illusion and reality yep. concept that yep. we were talking about earlier, that the Democrats are really good at weaving this illusion, and they have a huge ally in mass media yep. and the tech companies and all this kind of thing. I mean, if you want to look at one of the things nobody's paying attention or talking to is how much Google affected the last two elections just by emphasizing and de-emphasizing certain search terms. So, for instance, I started a test about six months ago where I now uh, search the same thing every time I search just because I wanted to see how different it was. And I've kept doing it because it's astounding. I search on Google and I search on DuckDuckGo. Mm -hmm. The results are entirely different, entirely different. They are weaving a false reality for most people, and it's really difficult to break through that reality. But it's the challenge. It is the singular challenge for Republicans is to puncture that shield. Uh, I don't think there can be a more important message. Sam Stone, thank you very much.
Always a pleasure, Seth. All right. Thank you, brother. I'll be right back with a few closing comments. Folks, you think about the economy, um, you got your bank failures, you've got your stock market's volatility, you've got talk of a possible reception, recession, and you have the concern, obviously, of the inflation, which is not transitory, like our Secretary of Treasury said it would be. So where do you go to invest? Check out Y-Refi. They have an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like, with no loss, loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Think of that freedom. There are no frees in there are no fees in the secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi, and they're based here locally. I encourage you to stop by their offices. They're on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there. You won't get a sales pitch. Leave that to me. And you won't get asked to sign a thing. But when you do meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can too. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-35. I was thinking about something Sam was saying regarding the Democratic uh, parties and the left's attack on uh, the Florida legislation to take sex education out of grades K through 3, especially the way they were teaching it, and uh, how that became all of a sudden the don't say gay bill. And he said, well, who could possibly be opposed to removing sex education at uh, at those young grades and at those early ages. And he's absolutely right in the main, but what's interesting and what that exposed is there is a large swath of the left that actually does want them that young. Look at the hearing today. If you do go to C-SPAN or C-SPAN.org, as much as we were criticizing it just because of the of the nature of, of, of the insularity of it, Go watch the host, the hearing today uh, at the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Constitution on the Constitution on gender affirming care for minors. Watch what the Democrats truly do believe about the importance of the fanaticism with which they hold the opinion that young children should be empowered to transition their sex. Watch it; it is eye opening. And it is jaw-dropping. And the additional eye-opening and jaw-dropping thing is not just their positions, but that so many people believe in it. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they believe in it? When you come out of the Marxist perspective of destruction of nature, when you believe that you can be as gods, man's second oldest faith, as Whitaker Chambers says, that's exactly where you go. And they go there, and they stay there, and they're going to hammer it and hammer it and hammer it, and we have to resist it and resist it and resist it and explain it. We've gotten to the point, as Orwell said, where the first task of the intelligent is the restatement of the obvious. Unfortunately, yeah, we're at that point. David Dahl, thank you for everything today, sir, and audience. Bless and thank you as well. God bless you. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.